The views expressed on this episode of My Take Radio do not reflect the views, thoughts, or feelings of the My Take Radio staff, My Take Radio advertisers, or My Take Radio content partners. Listener and viewer discretion is advised. This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. What's up, guys? My Take Radio, episode 365, powered by Rageworks, broadcasting live Thursday, September 8th, 2016. I'm your host, Rich, and our call-in number is 347-324-3541. Again, that call-in number, 347-324-3541. If this is your first time tuning into My Take Radio, My Take Radio is a variety show covering mixed martial arts, professional wrestling, gaming, and entertainment. On Wednesday nights, we focus on MMA and wrestling, and Thursdays, we switch gears and jump into gaming and entertainment live on mtrlive.com and rageworks.net. We also simulcast on video to Vaughn Live, Stream Up, Restream, Daily Motion, and YouTube Live, and of course, Twitch as well. There's also an audio simulcast, which goes to Mixler, which... You can listen to via your mobile device. Just download the Mixler app, M-I-X-L-R. It's available for iOS and Android. Punch in My Take Radio, and you'll be right there with us for a live 96K stereo feed of the show. You can also listen to the show via the call-in number that I just gave, 347-324-3541. Just don't hit option one to be entered in the caller queue, and you'll be able to participate in the show that way as well. All right, so a couple of things. First and foremost, if you are unable to catch the live show, this show will be available in podcast format for audio and also on video for those of you that are subscribed to our YouTube channel. You'll be able to get a video of this show within 24 to 48 hours of airing. Figured I'd put that out as well. A couple of things. Uh, During yesterday's show, obviously, we ran pretty short yesterday. It was pretty tight, about hour and 15 minutes and after i came off the hiatus for the holiday break i said to myself that i'm going to consciously try to keep the shows 90 minutes or less uh for a couple of reasons obviously in terms of editing it's going to try excuse me it's going to make editing a lot easier with shorter shows and i you know obviously i'm going to curb a lot of the stuff that is going to be That's going to sidetrack the show. Going to try and keep it honest at 90 minutes and under. Obviously, we're going to go over 
when it's a it's a very busy week or if we have a guest, but the goal is to be under 90 minutes. I mean, yesterday we were an hour and 15, which was great. And um, that's going to be the goal going forward. In terms of broadcasting schedule for the month of September, uh, there will be an MMA and wrestling show on Wednesday, but there will not be a gaming and entertainment show on Thursday as we will be covering a, uh, a tech event and that will pretty much cut into our broadcast time for Thursday, given that I have to commute back, I, it's going to be cutting it close if I come back to try and give you guys a show at 1130. So there will not be a show on Thursday night. But Wednesday, there will be an MMA and wrestling show. Aside from that, the month of September looks pretty solid in terms of shows, unless something comes up, which, of course, I will let you guys know first. In October, we will be at the Photo Plus Expo. So there will be a couple of days that we may not be broadcasting, but we will be covering the Photo Plus Expo myself, and more than likely, JVB will be at that event sharing all the latest and greatest pieces of tech for video and photography. So keep an eye out for that next month. Also, I know some of you guys have been inquiring about subscribing to individual shows. I've mentioned this before, and I just want to kind of keep repeating it until it becomes something that's just easier to digest You'll be able to subscribe. You can subscribe to individual shows on the RageWorks network by taking our RSS feed and punching that into the podcatcher of your choice, which will then give you access to that particular show. The feed that is on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio currently is for all the shows on the RageWorks network, including Black is the New Black, TRSS, Call Me When It's Over, and of course, My Take Radio. Uh, we're trying to dip, we're trying to find a way to do those individual feeds as well, but for the time being, you can just subscribe to the regular uh, My Take Radio feed for now until we complete the rebranding and make it officially the RageWorks Network with all the shows. But as always, you can subscribe to the individual shows via iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and very soon iHeartRadio and also Spotify as well. A couple of you that have been catching the shows on Daily Motion uh, let me know that audio quality is solid, video quality does fluctuate. I actually made some adjustments to our live streaming setup here to ensure that you guys are getting a better video feed. For those of you that have reached out via Daily Motion, please let me know, and um, we will continue to tweak it and fine tune it as best as possible. As I mentioned last week and the week prior, we do have another podcast on deck, which is going to be the variant issue, myself and Jimbo Slice. Uh, that episode is going to be live very, very soon, the, the debut issue. Um, we just got to finalize some artwork and a couple of other things, but we will be uh, debuting that very, very, very soon. I know a couple of you guys have been asking, and it is still in the works also working on some stuff with Jay from TRSS for you guys, give you guys another show to enjoy, and hopefully we will have that ironed out in the coming weeks as well. One thing I did want to mention, and I wanted to thank all of you that have been checking out Slick's YouTube channel and watching his live streams. I know that I haven't been uh, streaming as much as he has, but Slick also manages a lot of the gaming content for Rageworks currently, only because he has his finger a little bit more on the pulse than I do. Only because, you know, I'm trying to run the brand, get shows, advertisers, etc. But definitely want to thank all of you that have been subscribing to his channel. And as always, make sure to subscribe to the Rageworks YouTube channel if you haven't already. 
Every subscriber helps to get us in front of more people. Also want to thank everyone who's been sharing our videos, our content, our posts. You guys are awesome, and we really, really appreciate it. Uh, Mortis Slick does some good stuff on his YouTube channel. He definitely does. Um, he's been doing some really great stuff with a lot of the new games that we've been getting. Uh, definitely props to Slick for that. All right, so that's going to pretty much wrap up the housekeeping. On deck for tonight, of course, we're going to talk about Apple's announcement. We're going to talk about the Sony announcement, which went down here in New York City. We are going to get into the entertainment news of the week, including uh, the casting of Joe Manganiello as Deathstroke in the upcoming Batman solo film and a couple of other stories as well. Please, as always, if you want to participate, 347-324-3541 to call in or you can head over to mtrlive.com. We got a chat room there that you can interact if you prefer to do it that way versus calling in. All right, with that said, let's jump into this week's gaming news, shall we? Well, first off, of course, September is in full swing, and with that are brand new free titles if you are both on PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live Gold. If you're a PlayStation Plus member, you'll be able to get Journey, which will be available on PS3 and PS4, Lords of the Fallen on the PS4, The Prince of Persia, The Forgotten Sands for PS3, Datura on PS3, Badland, which will be available for PS4, PS3, and the Vita, and Amnesia Memories, which is a PS Vita exclusive game. Those are your free PlayStation Plus games for the month of September. On the Xbox Live Gold side of things, you're going to get Earthlock Festival of Magic for Xbox One, which is currently available. That game will be available the entire month. Also, Assassin's Creed Chronicles China will be available starting October uh, September 16th through October 15th. And on the Xbox 360 side, you're getting Forza Horizon, which will be available from the beginning of the month until the 15th, and then Mirror's Edge, which will be available from September 16th through the 30th. So there you have it, guys. Those are the freebies heading your way if you are either a PlayStation Plus or Xbox Live Gold subscriber. Now, we're going to obviously do a deep dive into what went down with Apple and their iPhone announcement. Um, But before we get into that, there are some other gaming news I want to share first. If you are a DS, uh, 3DS owner and are a fan of Super Mario Maker, I'm pleased to report that Super Mario Maker will be heading to the 3DS. The game will be hitting store shelves December 2nd, and you're going to get a uh, 100 Nintendo-made courses, and of course you're going to have courses that were built on the Wii U version of the title as well. So definitely a step in the right direction for the 3DS Mario Maker was incredibly popular and it led to some amazing content creation so i think it's a home run on nintendo's part to put this game out on the 3ds that's for sure uh on the telltale game side of things batman's uh second episode which is children of arkham will be launching digitally on september 20th i know our very own slick tried the first episode and you can read Um, some of our coverage on RageWorks.net, but that game's second episode will drop on PS4, Xbox One, and PC on September 20th, so definitely keep an eye out for that if you have been playing that game. Um, I've heard great things on, you know, from numerous people, including our very own Slick, 
which had a playthrough of episode, which did a playthrough of episode one, which you can find on the site as well. He also streamed it, so make sure to check out his channel and, of course, look for it on RageWorks.net. Um, I think Telltale, when it comes to games like this, obviously The Walking Dead being uh, the gold standard, they've really been knocking out of the park, knocking it out of the park, excuse me. And Slick himself, like I said, had nothing but positive things to say about the game. And, you know, I, I'm a little bit far removed only just because scheduling doesn't allow me to play them as much. And the games that are like that, you know, from the from the Telltale brand, I just... Me, personally, I know I just can't dedicate the time to it as much as I would like, but uh, definitely props to Slick for diving in and sharing some of the gameplay for a game that looks incredibly well done from such a talented team. Now, while we are on the subject of Batman, um, the Batman Return to Arkham remaster, which includes Arkham Asylum and Arkham City, will be hitting store shelves on October 18th after initially being delayed uh, this is going to include uh, both Game of the Year and bonus DLC content for both titles. Uh, Slick actually wrote a post recently showing the comparison between the graphics of the original game and the quote-unquote remastered graphics. Um, you know, the game is... is they're, they're touting improved graphics and upgraded models, environments, lighting, effects, etc. And in looking at the video footage, at least for me personally, I really didn't feel that it was such a such a groundbreaking remaster if you know if if that's to be if that's my assessment i mean we've seen stuff remastered for xbox and playstation 4 that look leaps and bounds better than what i saw for batman and it's unfortunate i mean the batman games are are amazing and i think that those those of us that have a playstation 4 or an Xbox One may want to may want to give them another shot, especially if you're one of those people that kind of just didn't give them a second a second glance the first time around. But again, we are we are in the in, in the in the mindset of remasters being sold as new shit. And while I don't mind the occasional remaster, especially if it's something really old, I feel that you know the Batman game that came the last Batman game that came out was the gold standard in terms of, you know, all the Batman games that have been released so far. So to go back and remaster those, and on top of the fact that you're remastering them so quickly, you're remastering them and they just look poor, which is the the bigger thing for me. It, it's just, I don't feel it's something that's going to be uh, well-received. I will say this, though. Coming out in October, this is a game that I just feel is going to be primed for a Black Friday price drop. So if you want to give it a shot on next gen consoles and you're you're willing to, you know, put up with the subpar graphics. And again, it's subpar graphics based on what we've seen thus far. That's not to say that they can't improve them in time for the game's release, but if you're trying to sell me with what you've put out so far, I'm genuinely not impressed. Simple as that. Now I know that Slick is in the queue, and I'm sure he'll be able to elaborate on that further and share his thoughts, and I'll bring him on in a moment. Um, but I do got to say this. As someone who played the Darksiders 2 remaster, which I thought was incredibly well done, and I'm going to probably play the first Darksiders remaster, I got to say that you know the double dipping here and there, it's always going to be something that's going to divide a lot of audiences. 
And for me, I feel that if you didn't play the games initially and they did a, a great job with them, like I know a lot of people that didn't play Uncharted either they played one and didn't play the other or they played one and they didn't play the original. I can understand the necessity for wanting to pick something like that up. Again, makes perfect sense to me. Especially if they do if they remaster them and they look as good if not on par with, you know, the the current generation offerings. I I totally get it. But sometimes I just feel that the necessity to remaster is being done just to get a title in front of people in the hopes that they will rebuy it. And and yeah, I know that, that, that that's the name of the game. It's business. It's part of the job. But there are just certain things like a good example. We've seen Assassin's Creed collections. We've seen the uh, the Halo collection, which they they did a really good job, not only in the remastering, but also in the additional content that was added. I, I thought that they knocked it out of the park and people jumped jumped on board. You know, same thing with the Gears remaster that's being done i can understand it i know what they're trying to do and they're using it to bridge the gap to you know a sequel that's on the horizon or a new version of the game that's on the horizon i understand but like i said if you're gonna do it make it worth make it worth people's while i mean to do something like they're doing with batman and not have it look as good as that one looks it's it's kind of just piss poor it's almost like they're just sticking it on a disc throwing it in a box and putting it out there, hoping that people will bite. And don't get me wrong. Gameplay is always going to top graphics in a lot of instances. But one of the things that made the Batman game so iconic was the presentation. And I think that by not giving it a proper remaster, you're taking away elements of that presentation. But I'm going to bring Slick on board to elaborate on that as well. Mr. Slick, what's up? What's up, man? I'm good. What's going on? What do you got for me? I'm glad you you know you brought up the return to Arkham Collection because ultimately I can see that it you know is gonna sell because I mean it's it's Batman Arkham Asylum and Batman Arkham City which are two of the best games to come out for the last generation console. Of course. The um the thing that killed me is just that. The, the video that you mentioned that I put out came directly from Warner Brothers and Rocksteady. No, it that... shows a direct side-by-side comparison of scenes and gameplay from Arkham Asylum and Arkham City right. on the PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4. Correct. Like It didn't even show Xbox One and 360 when it was just straight-up PS3 versus PS4. And it, I'm like, I, I, I posed it to a lot of people. I made sure a lot of people watched me, yourself included. And I'm like, why in a lot of places does the PS3 version actually look better than the PS4 version? The, the like the backgrounds, the, the, the textures and everything, right. those look better. But it's like, you don't, buy a game, you don't buy any game to, to look at freaking bump mapping on, on a wall. Right. You want to look at you want to see... The, the complete joke, package. You want to see Batman. You want to see the Penguin. And especially, like, I, I brought people's attention to a scene, the, the scene from Arkham Asylum, anybody who's played the game, where he first starts introducing the, the mutated Titan. Right. 
And, like, in that scene, there's a close-up of Joker's face. And you can see, like, right there in particular, yep. the PS3 version, to me, looks better. Like, I, I agree. asked a bunch of people. Some people thought the PS4 version looked better. A lot of people thought the PS3 version looked better. Which, to me, it feels like, especially with the delay, because this game was supposed to have come out at the end of July. Right. Maybe they shouldn't have put this out in this console generation. Maybe they should have waited for the next one or, you know, at least try to, you know, now that this, um, we had the um, PlayStation had their announcement of the PS4 Pro yesterday. Maybe they should have at least waited till like next year and done something with PS4 Pro and uh, Xbox Scorpio. Right. Because honestly... I mean, they're, they're like, I know one person, for example, that, that's definitely looking forward to this because they um, they no longer have their early, their original versions of the game. And in a situation like that, absolutely. I would right. run out and buy it myself. Right. Well, because as long as the gameplay is still there, it's, as long as it's not suffering from like bugs like what Arkham Knight had, right. as long as it plays fine, it's not going to matter ultimately. But you're making a big deal that it's supposed to look better and it really doesn't. Well, here's a couple of things. And, and when you recommended, I check it out, you know, I took some time, I watched it and there's a lot of factors at play that I got to put out there. And I, I will say this, people watch a lot of their content on YouTube and forget to click watch in HD. And, you know, Initially, I watched it, and usually YouTube switches over automatically. Sometimes they don't. Um, it happens sometimes when we upload episodes of MTR, as a matter of fact, where people will be like, why does the picture look grainy? And I'll say, are you watching it in 720 or 1080? And they'll be like, oh, I thought it was. And it's not. And that ends up being a factor. I also saw somebody had posted the, the video footage on face, through Facebook video, and Facebook, we all know, compresses a lot of their stuff. So there's there's a lot of things to take into consideration. Obviously, the way that the content is being delivered as well as how the content will be consumed when you purchase a when you purchase it for the console that you own. And I say this because we all have most of us I want to say have high-end TVs. You much like me have calibrated and tweaked your television accordingly. So you know how something should look if the picture is meant to look a certain way. Am I right? Right. But a lot of times I feel that there's a lot of, a lot of what we're getting people automatically judge based on, you know, what's being fed to you by someone else. And at the end of the day, the experience and your, and your mileage may vary based on how you're consuming it. You know, if you're watching it on a, it's no different than when we, you and I used to go to the Sony store and we used to see video footage in 4K for the first time. You know, you're watching 4K footage on a 70-inch television. You're going to go home and look at your 50-inch TV or your 42-inch TV, and it's not going to look the same. Even though it's still an amazing image, it's only because the calibration, the lighting, the environment is going to skew your perception of what you're seeing. And one of the things I've always done and retailers hate me for it, when I'm buying a brand new TV, especially if I'm going to a store like Best Buy, I am taking my own DVDs. If they have a console, I'm telling them to plug the console in. I'm 
you know, futzing around with the remotes because at the end of the day, if I'm spending a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars, whatever the case may be, I want to make sure that what I see is exactly what's what's going to be comfortable for me, both in store and at home. And sometimes that does get lost in translation. Now, I'm not dismissing the video footage that they sent you because, again, there's a lot of factors at play. But we also got to consider how the footage was captured to begin with, you know? I hear you. And, and again, I'm not saying that it was right or wrong that they're putting the game out. I just feel that was it necessary to do it so soon? I mean, you could have just as easily done a collection with all three games. On, that on, was another reason why I felt like they, they should have waited longer. Right. And and to that point, I, I understand where you're coming from because it's true. It's like, why not just pull the trigger and put it out that way? But there's there's a case that can be made, obviously, that you want to kind of leverage the Batman brand just because Batman and DC are in the news, you know, frequently now. And and I understand it's all about money and trying to get paid. And, and, I, and I totally respect that. But... I will tell those of you that are contemplating picking up that game, please, 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 if you can, you know, wait a little bit, see if you get a discount and don't pay the full retail price for it, especially if you've played it already, because to Slick's point, your mileage may vary. You may get the game and the visuals may look shitty to you and you'll be like, fuck, why did I buy this? But if you are playing it for the experience and the visuals are something that you can look past, then by all means... You know, spend your money as you see fit. Yeah, I mean, there's also, like you said, everybody's different. If you've been living under a rock and you've never actually played Arkham Asylum or Arkham City, jump on it. I mean, yeah, it's coming out close to the end of the year, so at that point, you could still wait for Black Friday and get a deal on it. Probably. And, um, exactly. The, um... There are also people who, yeah, they did play the games, but like you, you mentioned when the PS4 and the, the Xbox One were coming out, some people got rid of their old consoles or like they may not have all their games. Right. So yeah, those are people that might want to run out and get the game. But it, but again, it's coming. It was it was supposed to come out at the end of July. It's coming out in October. So I mean, really, what's two months? Exactly. I mean. How much was done in two months remains to be seen, but the video footage that was shown to quote-unquote show the differences between the games, I always feel that we that's always going to run into different things. And, and I say this because everybody's viewing them differently. Everybody's consuming that content different. It's not like everybody is watching it on the same device. Some people are watching it on mobile. Some people are watching it on their tablets. Some people are watching it on YouTube. Some people are watching it on Facebook. The content's being consumed the same way, but it's it, it's definitely going to be varying levels of quality based on the medium, based on the carrier for that medium, you know? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I personally, I try to make sure that when I do watch stuff like trailers on YouTube, that what I'm seeing is pretty much what I'm going to see when I get the final product. Right. My... My monitor is a four a forty inch four K TV, so what I see for a YouTube trailer for a game is pretty much, if not somewhat better than what I'm going to see on, you know, when I I finally get the game in hand because that TV is still uh you know a, a standard HD TV. Correct. 
no, I think I think that that's going to be one of those things where we're going to we're going to need to check the game out, whether we receive review copies or we pick it up ourselves just to make that determination, because I got to tell you, and, I, and I've said this on numerous broadcasts before, ladies and gentlemen, you're spending hundreds upon thousands of dollars for a, a piece of technology that you're going to be in front of for eight hours or more, sometimes, you know, 12 hours, depending on what you watch and your viewing habits. Please take the time to calibrate your televisions, to set them accordingly. Don't just plug it in, turn it on, and leave it alone. There's so many little intricacies, so many little settings that can that can take a great picture and make it an amazing picture that people lose sight of that stuff. Go into, you know, the AVS forum, which you and I know all too well, <laughs> Um you know, pick up a calibration disc. Hell, you can even go as as easy as, you know, if you have a, D, a Disney DVD or Blu-ray, a lot of them have built-in calibration, um, you know, sections that can help you calibrate your colors, your your black levels, all of that stuff. Please, please, please take a moment and go through your settings and make sure that you guys are getting the best picture possible because I've gone and helped a lot of people that I know personally in that regard where they'll say, oh, man, I don't know, man, I bought this TV. It looks kind of shitty. And, you know, Best Buy charges a couple of hundred dollars for this type of calibration, especially if you go all in. Sometimes, you know, if you get an ISF calibration, that's two, three hundred dollars. And you can easily resolve that with a thirty dollar Blu-ray or you may even already have something in house. Please take a moment, calibrate your inputs for your games, for your movies so that you can have the best damn picture possible. Yeah, I mean, if you, if, like I said, Black Friday is coming up. If you're getting yourself a new TV, yep, whether it's an AC TV, 4K, OLED, I don't know, whatever. If you haven't bought, you know, audio video tech in, I don't know, the last five to ten years, take the time, go to Mono Price, get yourself some cables for five bucks. Right. And, you know, like you, like you said, get one of those discs, take your time to calibrate everything. And, yes, the, the quality of cables do make a difference. Absolutely. Good cables. But let, let, me, let me preface that with good cables don't necessarily need to be monster branded. You know, you don't need a $60 cable to, to Slick's point. You know, right, go to Monoprice. Monoprice, right. You know, they go to make great cables. They make you know even better than than Monster and like Belkin and everything, and they're like five bucks a piece. Yep, and even Amazon now. Amazon has their own cable, their own in-house cables, which are pretty solid as well. But um, you know, aside from that, I did I did want to address uh, the Big Apple announcement, and the reason I'm I want to get into this. Obviously, it's going to dip into the tech side of things, is because. And I'm glad that you called in for this. What did I say about Nintendo and Apple a year or two ago? Oh, absolutely. It, <laughs> and it's huge that. Yep. That, no, what I was going to say is, you know, Nintendo took the stage um, and it was, you know, Miyamoto took the stage, unveiled Super Mario Run, which is going to be available free to iOS users and is going to be available later on at a uh, at a set purchase price, which is going to give you full access to the game's content. Um, it's it's big for a lot of reasons. It shows what I've said before. Nintendo now 
fully believes in the mobile space. And they know that for every person that may have a 3DS on them, you know, 85% of the time, their phone is on them 99% of the time. And with that, they're taking the most recognizable IP they got and putting it out there for consumption by the masses. Not to mention the fact that they've also, you know, looped in Niantic to work with Apple for Pokemon Go on their Apple Watch. So for those of you that are invested in Pokemon and have an Apple Watch, before you know it, you won't even need to pick up the Nintendo-branded Pokemon Go device because your watch is going to function in that capacity. The app is going to obviously help you hatch the eggs, track your steps, let you know where the, when the Pokemon are nearby, etc., etc. All the stuff that was being touted with the band now already bundled in to an Apple Watch, which, again, if you're a gamer, an Apple enthusiast, and own these devices, it's going gonna, it's gonna to show how, how much solidarity Nintendo has, not only with the mobile space, but with Apple, which is, which is scary. It makes me wonder how much money uh, Apple threw with them. Well, I think part of the reason was, and, you know, Nintendo Nintendo actually elaborated on some of that when, you know, when they were questioned. The thing is that Nintendo believed in Apple's infrastructure. And I say this, whether you're an Apple enthusiast or not, I got to admit, Apple runs a tight fucking ship. You know, like whether like I said, whether you love their products or hate their products, Apple products have a certain standard, a certain level of quality and a certain level of expectation that they deliver the majority of the time. And obviously people can be like, oh, you know, Apple fanboys, this, that and the other. But I'll say this. I've owned Apple tech, a lot of it. iPhones, iPads, uh, different variations of the iPod. And um, for me personally, I feel that they they have a certain level of quality that they not only expect of their products, but they expect from their, you know, from their experience with consumers. And that's something that for Nintendo, who prides themselves on being a very consumer driven company, it definitely spoke to them. And I didn't expect I'm not shocked with the outcome, you know. Well, I mean, we'll we'll see how it pans out. I mean, a lot of people are not too happy with Apple this week after the announcement of removing a headphone jack, but that's another issue. Right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on that a little bit only because I'm not, you know, I don't want to dip too deep into the tech pool in in an era where technology is constantly changing. Risks are gonna be made. I mean, let me let me rephrase that. Risks are gonna be taken. And sometimes they're going to be great and sometimes they're not, you know, the, you know, the, the removal of the headphone jack is surely going to ruffle a lot of feathers. And I'm going to say this, and I'm not even an iPhone owner almost every piece of tech I have is Bluetooth. I have Bluetooth headphones for the gym. I have a, a mono Bluetooth earpiece, et cetera, et cetera. As a matter of fact, right here, which you can see the review for it on rageworks.net this is my bluetooth earpiece for most of, most of my day this is a uh, plantronics voyager 5200 and i use that 
in my office to keep me plugged in, obviously, because of my 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 out of work situations. And it's sound quality is great for a mono headset and it does the job when it comes to going to the gym, uh, Plantronics backbeat fit or a uh, wireless beats by Dre are my headphones of choice. Again, wireless. And I say this because a lot of people are bent out of shape about all oh, the headphone jack, the headphone jack, the headphone jack. Oh, no more headphone jack. It's like, OK, but we've been pushed to move away from wires for God knows how long now. Apple just decided to really push the ball overboard. Is it right? Is it wrong? Who knows? But I'll be honest. Samsung just changed their micro USB port on their Note 7 to USB-C, which is a standard that is starting to become more common. But try finding a car charger that's USB-C. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, recall aside, uh, that's another issue that I have some personal issues with the, the, the note seven package. It, um, it gave you the adapter. Exactly. I was going to say, you don't, you don't have to worry about that. No. And I, and I, and I, I mean, I can tell you as somebody who plays Pokemon go like crazy, the adapter is, a, you know, it's a solid, I mean, it's a, it's a tiny little thing. You can lose it quite easily. Right. And that's it's exactly a, it's it. It's a solid piece of, it's a solidly constructed little Dual device. I mean, it fits on a. Um, well, they have different ones, but I use. I have to use the one for the car charger. That is that goes from what is it? Micro USB to USB C, and it it stays on quite well. Well, Val, it's not it's not a cheap it's not a cheap feeling adapter. Val in the chat mentions USB A to C cable. Got him. But again. Here's the whole thing. For me, I'm all about carrying around less shit. So in other words, if Absolutely. I have a car if I, I have a car if I have a car charger in my car, I just want the shit to be from the lighter to USB C to my fucking phone. If I'm in my wife's car, I want a car charger to be car charger to USB C. I don't want any dongles, adapters, bullshit cables. I just want one to one, because I, I I'm all about that. I'm trying to I'm minimalist with that shit. Yes, I have the adapter, and I'm using the adapter currently in my my fast charging uh, car charger, which I currently have. But again, you know, USB C is being pushed as the standard. You want USB C accessories? I mean, um, my house is full of wireless chargers, so I rarely have to pull out the the you know the OEM charger for my device unless I really need it. But at the end of the day, it's all wireless charging. The thing that gets me is that people are annoyed about headphones and the removal of the headphone jack. And I understand that it has a place. And like anything else, it's the initial response that that changes people's perceptions. Think about this. Like when they added the lightning port to the to the Apple, you know, to the iPhone and the iPads. Now you have lightning cables to USB to VGA to HDMI. You know, the standard changes and the usability changes. So everybody that's angry about it now is only angry about it now because they really think that they need the headphones. Yeah, you're just mad because you can't plug in your cheap headphones and be good to go. But you can buy wireless Bluetooth headphones 
for pennies nowadays. It's not like five years ago where Bluetooth headphones were, you know, hundreds of dollars. Yes, if you want a pair of Beats or Bose or whatever, you're going to pay. You're going to pay what, what, what the shit costs. But you can get a good pair of Jaybirds or a good pair of, you know, Plantronics or any of these other companies that are making Bluetooth headphones. And you'll be just fine. But well, I, I think one of the problems is that he says a lot of people want to plug in their cheap headphones, but a lot of people don't actually have cheap headphones. A lot of people actually spend some money on their headphones. They do, but what I'm saying is if you're spending that kind of money on headphones at this point, and that's fine. I'm not taking anything away from, from the people that do because I know some people got some really nice Shores or you know some some really costly like Bose Quiet Comfort. I understand, and people are are not going to want to deal with the little lightning to to three point five dongle. I got it, but guess what? We're we're kind of dealing with that with the whole USB to USB C and the adapters. It's all going to change gradually, and who knows if there's enough of a backlash? Apple may change it with the with the seven S, which we know which we know is inevitable, and the seven S will have a headphone jack. They'll be like, we listened, we're sorry. Here you go. I hear you. I Dude, mean, we live we'll, in... We'll see in a year what happens. Dude, we live in an age where we can watch pornography on our phone on the bus. All right? Like, like, like people forget all the cool shit we can do that they're worried about a headphone. I never catch somebody doing that. Dude, I've, 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 I've caught dudes on the train watching porn. Buy a privacy screen. Yikes. Buy a privacy screen. But it happens. It happens. I've seen guys reading, you know, hentai manga on on the train when I'm going into the city. I've seen all that stuff. It's it's again, think of how far we are as human beings. And the fact that you're worried about a little headphone jack, and I mean angry, like visceral anger. And it's like, ah, fucking app. It's like, all right. Think about this. You can take a video of your cat riding your Roomba. And send it to 50 of your friends in about as much time as it takes you to take a leak in the bathroom. But you're worried about a headphone jack. Buy a pair of fucking Bluetooth headphones and call it a day. Or stick a fucking dongle in there, which I'm sure in a couple of weeks, every company under the sun is going to make lightning to, you know, 3.5 dongles. That'll be a dollar. Amazon is a beautiful place, people. And you and I both know, Slick, that that's what happens. Like I said, it's it's a wait and see game. I personally would be pissed if I were an Apple, a heavy Apple user, because I, I am one of those people that has, a, you know, a, a decently priced set of headphones. Okay, but again, you have a decently priced set of headphones. If if Apple includes the dongle in there, which is a hilarious word, by the way. Um, if they include it in there for you to plug your regular headphones into the phone, what's the fucking problem? The thing that here, here's the thing that I can understand people being pissed off about. If you want to charge your phone and listen to music at the same time. Yes, that is a legitimately poor. That is a that is a, a, a poorly executed situation that nobody that not too many people are happy about. And I'll be honest that I'd be pissed off about. Because think about it, you're already using the lightning connector to listen to your music, but say you want to charge your phone, then what? 
oh yeah, Apple doesn't have wireless charging. Fuck you guys. Right? I mean, also, there's also the fact, yeah, but there's also the fact that, I mean, again, it's it's a minor detail, especially when we have these these insane portable charges now, but it's another thing that has to be charged. Yep. It's all... It, it, it's always another thing that has to be charged, dude. And I, and again, if it, the those little lightning to three point five dongles are going to be available for for a buck or two within within the next six months, you're going to log in there and you're going to type headphone to lightning adapter, and you're going to have you know Choi Tech and X Y Z company and newer, you know all the guys that make all this shit that's just as good as the other shit cranking stuff out. The biggest problem, like I said, is, hey, what if I want to listen to music and charge my phone at the same time? Oh, we don't give a fuck about you. <laughs> that's 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 the real thing. And I think nobody gave that much thought. It's like, oh, buy this $50 dongle that you could stick in there. Really? So if I want to charge my shit and listen to my music, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Pretty much. Like that's 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 the end all be all. Now, again. Am I, you know, Apple put out their own wireless earbuds for $159, which I think is fucking stupid. But again, people are going to pay for it because Apple. But here's the kicker. If Apple is putting out their own wireless <laughs> shit for their devices, clearly they're trying to tell you, move away from the wires. <laughs> like that's, that's really it. It's like, hey guys, wires, fuck those things. That's what they're telling you. Where we're going, we don't yeah, need no much, we I don't mean, need no wires where we're going. <laughs> that's what I that's what I mean, dude. Like, is it right? Is it wrong? It you know, for people that are hardcore audiophiles that don't want to pay you know three hundred dollars for some wireless Bose Quiet Comfort headphones. Okay, I understand your frustration. Cool. You you know you own a pair of Shure headphones. If you were jumping into an iPhone for whatever reason, sure. I'd feel bad for you, bro. I would. But clearly they want you to use Bluetooth. And of course, people are like, but Bluetooth only lasts seven hours. Are you listening to music for seven hours straight? Are you really? Huh? I've done it. And the only reason why I would say no now is because my, you know, my commute has been, you know, tailored down that much where no. But I mean, I, I, um, with my commute, with having to ride the freaking N22, my my commute to and from work is as much as, you know, like three to four hours. Okay, but let's take that into consideration. Three to four hours. Let's 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 do a little math before we move on, because I don't want to beat this to death. Um let's say ninety minutes going, ninety minutes coming back. Just as a just tossing this out there. By the time you plug in, you listen to your headphones, listen to your music, get to work, first thing you're going to do when you sit at your desk, besides obviously punch in and everything else, is plug in your phone to charge. Maybe plug in your headphones to charge and go about your day, right? Yeah, you're right. That's what I mean. I'm like, motherfuckers are walking around with little chargeable battery packs for fucking Pokemon for a game, not even to charge their headsets or any of this other shit. For a game, buy some fucking $20 Bluetooth headphones and stop fucking being a neckbeard, jumping on social media. Oh, I took away a headphone jack. Man. If it's that bad 
and people are that pissed off, I'm sure Apple will make it right. Or like anything else, Apple will say, fuck you, move into the move, move into the new era and invest in wireless. Is it right? Is it wrong? Who knows? But I'll tell you what, ever since I got I got wireless chargers in my house, I'd ex- I accept nothing less. I have three wireless well, chargers thing, in my house. You know, three. As, as being in, you know, quote unquote audiophile, wireless chargers are great. Wireless audio, not so much because it's one of those situations like with an internet connection, wired is still always going to be better. You know, you know what's funny? Val, Val says, uh, Samsung diehard question mark. No, not Samsung diehard question mark. Just fucking not wanting to worry about certain things. Like, I don't want to have to come home, look for the cable, look for the plug. It's like, let me throw this here. And yes, wireless charging is slow compared to USB-C, Val. I, I agree. But if I'm going to bed at night, I just throw it on the charger and go to bed. If I want the fast charge, yes, USB-C. But I did get a uh, a wireless Samsung fast charger for my bedroom. And it's it's fairly fast. Is it faster than USB-C or on par to it? Probably not. But if you're coming home or you're going to the office and sitting at your desk, I'm not really tripping out too much. That's 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 the short answer for that. Anyway, jumping back into the other stuff. You know, Nintendo getting into bed with Apple is huge. Um, everybody's like, oh, you know, the, what about Android? What about it? It's like, yeah, Android will probably get the, get the Mario game eventually, but Nintendo knows that Apple is going to sell a fuck ton of units. And if you can play Pokemon Go, well, that's why I said Apple wants to turn a bunch of money at them. Yep. Of course. Well, let me, let me put this out there. Nintendo's stocks went up 29% after after the Apple conference. 29%. Mind you, the stock also shot up after the Pokemon Go game was successful, and then, of course, excuse me, it petered out afterwards. But this is big because this is Nintendo and Apple, you know, shaking hands on, on a big stage. It's huge. Absolutely. Meanwhile... Uh, you know, Nintendo was extolling the virtues of getting into bed with Apple while Sony was doing a press conference for essentially a PS4 that went on a diet and a PS4 that is supposed to be super powerful yet doesn't play 4K Blu-rays. Hmm. <laughs> Thoughts? I had missed I had missed that because I, I kind of came in late on the conference if they they kept mentioning 4K content, but it doesn't play 4K Blu-rays. I mean, right. So, so here's what happens: Nintendo, um, Nintendo, PlayStation goes. They announce their weight loss PS4, the Slim, then the PS Pro. And what happens is it has a Blu-ray drive. It's probably going to have 4K in terms of games, etc. You know, HDR, everything else, but. It doesn't have Ultra HD Blu-ray playback, which makes you wonder. It's like if you decided to do a 4K Blu-ray drive, which would in in turn hold more data, wouldn't that lead to, I don't know, better games? (laughs) Well, Am am I I wrong? You're not wrong, but there's reasoning 
with you know that that quest that line of questioning as well because both PS4 Pro and Xbox Scorpio or whatever it winds up being called when it comes out, their their biggest selling points are the fact that they're, they're trying to say that yes, games will look better on these consoles, but they're trying not to alienate the original PS4 and Xbox One uh, owners. I agree. Saying that all of our games, all of our PS4 Pro and Xbox Scorpio games will work on the original consoles. Right. They just may have, you know, lower graphical fidelity. Okay. But let me let me put this let me put this out there this way. When you bought a Blu-ray player, whether it's your PlayStation 4, your PlayStation 3, a standalone Blu-ray player, at the end of the day, that Blu-ray player played Blu-rays played DVDs, sometimes even up-converted them, and played fucking CDs, all right? So, if you're sticking a 4K Ultra HD drive into anything, that drive and that player should, correct me if I'm wrong, play fucking Blu-rays. No, I, I get what you're saying, and you're, you're 100% correct, but you're saying that you know, you could make better looking games and or, or better games or, you know, have all that extra room to make better games. But the thing is, if these new consoles, these, these upgraded versions of the current consoles are taking advantage of that and making these quote unquote better games, that's leaving the original owners out in the cold because they won't be able to play those games. Yeah, but here's the thing. It's not. And, and to your point, here's why you get a game. It's 4K. You throw the game into disk drive. Your TV's 4K. The game has four quote-unquote 4K and HDR. Oh, look, the game looks amazing. Hey, you, you didn't want to upgrade to 4K TV, but you got the Xbox One Scorpio or the PS4 Pro. Guess what? Your game is going to still play. It's just not going to be as pretty. It's no different than having a PC with a, with a high-end video card running the game at maximum resolution versus having a regular video card still being able to play the game because you meet most of the requirements, but just not getting the quote-unquote crispiest picture possible. Right, and that's the actual situation. But if you're making games on on 4K, actual 4K Blu-ray discs, then let's, you know, let's say the next Batman game, just arbitrarily, if that's coming out on these on these... 4K Blu-ray discs, then only the people who have these new consoles will be able to play them. And the people who don't are left, you know, the people who have the original PS4 or Xbox One are left out in the cold. Because guess what? They're just like, just like right now, again, taking the Batman, for example, they made the game for PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Guess what they didn't make it for? The Wii U, of course, and they're not. not if they if they have these 4K Blu-ray, you know, if if the games are coming out on 4K Blu-ray discs, and they can put the next Batman on that, they're gonna put it on the 4K Blu-ray disc. It'll play on PS4, Xbox One, and guess sorry, PS4 Pro and Xbox Scorpio, but it won't play on original PS4 and original Xbox One. 
And that's what both Microsoft and Sony are staying away from, which to me is a smart move. They're trying to step the game up another, <laughs> excuse me, another notch. But at the same time, they're making sure that the people that got the consoles back in 2013 are, aren't crying foul. Well, here's the thing. You know, the PS4 Pro, right, is going to have support for 4K and high, and, and high dynamic range, along with smoother frame rates thanks to the stronger GPU and CPU. All games on the console will run at 1080p resolution, with some stated to even run in higher or more stable frame rates. This goes back to the whole thing of what I was saying before. Like, I understand what you're saying about making, you know, trying to please everyone. But at the end of the day, let's not kid ourselves. Technology is evolving. And as long as you maintain a level of backwards compatibility, people will continue to adapt. Think about how many of us cried foul when the PS3's support for PS2 backwards compatibility started fading away. Sucked, right? But eventually, people swept it under the rug. When the same thing happened with the Xbox One and the Xbox 360 and they started reintroducing it, yeah, it was great, but, you know, not too many people cried foul at that point because they, they had moved on. What I'm saying is you're introducing these new systems with these new capabilities because the home theater space as a whole is evolving. 4K TVs now have, a, have, a, have an, affordable cost, an, an affordable barrier of entry. Now, I say this because there's true 4K and then there's you know, 4K that's not 4K. Do your homework, folks. It does exist. The same way that there was the whole big 720p, 1080p debate for years. Oh, you got to get everything 1080p. Ah, and it's like, are you even seeing that shit on your 32-inch screen? No. The thing is, if we are evolving the medium forward and 4K is becoming the standard thanks to TVs and, and you know, Ultra HD Blu-rays, and you're already putting out this system that's quote-unquote future-proof, then why not just Sony do the same thing, is what I'm saying. If the Xbox One S came out and has 4K compatibility, you can watch 4K Blu-rays on it. Whether you want to or not, the choice is yours. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, I do. Now, the thing that gets me is you put out the PS4 Pro, it's supposed to do this and do that and VR and this other thing. Okay, that's great. But at the end of the day, you're just you're genuinely announcing for all intents and purposes a new console. Like that's what people don't get. Everybody's ah, a new play. It is a new console. The minute that the words 4K were announced, it changed the game completely. Because developers now are gonna say, we're gonna make games for the hot shit. Doesn't matter that the current games are going to be supported. That's all great. But businesses are going to want to be cutting edge. They're going to want to be bleeding edge. They're going to want to make sure they have the best visuals, the best graphics, the best experience, the prettiest looking games, the most amazing looking textures. And that means playing with new hardware. And I'm going to be honest, the minute that somebody gets a PlayStation 4 game that runs on the pro and has a 4k TV and is blown away by the visuals. Guess what they're going to do. They're never going to want to play a game. That's not done that way ever again. 
It's the same thing that happened to all of us the the as soon as we watched HD TV versus regular TV. Because I'm gonna be honest, dude. Oh. If if a channel is not in HD, I'm not fucking watching it. Because <laughs> I just see graininess and shit. I mean, don't get me wrong. Watching stuff that's been upconverted to HD isn't doing you any favors. I, I've had ample. There have been ample situations where you're thumbing through your cable guide or thumbing through your channels at 2 a.m. and they're giving you know uh, sexy Spider Woman on Cinemax. And you see breast augmentation scars and ingrown hairs. Just saying. You can imagine why I have no comment right now. Listen, listen. And for me to have no comment. <laughs> I, I, I got to be honest. You know, this announcement, everybody's up in arms about all this stuff. But it's just a nice way of telling people that this is where gaming and entertainment is going. And to come correct and stack your chips. That's all it is. It's like you don't have to buy a PS4 Pro. You don't. But if you want to, if you got a 4K TV and you want to get the best experience possible, then start saving your pennies. Oh yeah, absolutely. But and, and I think that is really where Sony is coming from with the PS4 Pro. I'm not saying you're wrong about the exclusion of a of a drive, but they they're basically saying. You know, if you just want to stick with your PS4, then stick with your PS4. I agree. But if you want your games to look as best as they possibly can, and the other day, I um, the other day, yesterday, I put out a, a trailer from Square Enix for Rise of the Tomb Raider and what it's going to look like on the PS4 Pro, which is really saying something because the game comes out before the PS4 Pro. Correct. But, I mean, the game looked really just shy of the highest high-end PC version of Rise of the Tomb Raider. Well, this it is what I'm saying. Much better than the original version, which is the Xbox One version. And it looked pretty much on par with the, the PC version, run at high spec. Well, here's, here's what I'm going to tell people. And this, this is how we'll, we'll bridge the gap and... And move forward a bit. If you have a 4K TV, and I mean a real 4K TV, and you're watching Ultra HD Blu-rays, you know, you're fully immersed, you're bleeding edge, then you know what you got to do. If you're just a regular guy that plays... That's also another problem. I'm sorry to cut you there, but there are very few people who have a real 4K TV. Right. 95% 95% of the TVs are just Ultra HD TVs. Right. And that becomes another question. But I have a feeling, and this is going to be the name of the game, by the time November rolls around, we're going to see a fair amount of real 4K. And I'll tell you why. Because our cell phones record in 4K, some of them. You know? Our video cameras our DSLRs, some of them already record in 4K. If you own a Panasonic mirrorless camera, you're recording in 4K and laughing at us. But guess what? You also got to pretty much render every video with the equivalent of a HAL of a HAL computer, but that's a separate issue. At the end of the day, the medium is evolving. You know, Sony and Microsoft are evolving with the medium and they're just kind of nudging people along. The thing that gets me is that, you know, 
Ultra HD, you know, the same way that you want people to people's consoles to be the centerpiece of their home theater. Fuck, put the Ultra HD drive in there so that you can sell, I don't know, Ultra HD fucking movies. That's all I'm saying. You're not wrong, and I mean, it goes into a whole bunch of other things, like only putting a one terabyte hard drive in there, but... Yep. We'll and that's, be here all night on the same oh, stuff yeah. and that's, go into all that. And that's what I mean, and, and I'll use that to kind of, you know, put put it under lock and key. One terabyte hard drives. It's this, I, I look at 500 gig and one terabyte hard drives in the same vein that I look at 16 gig iPhones. Storage is fucking cheap, folks. Storage is cheap. That's all I'm saying. I mean, with the with the PlayStation 4, at least you can crack the shit open and swap it out if you choose to. But geez, man, like with the Xbox One S, uh, the, this guy was like, oh, you want the Madden bundle? It comes with a 500 gig drive. I'm like, what am I going to do with that? I'm like, I just bought an external one. You want motherfuckers to download free games from PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live Gold, and you want me to use 500 gigs when each game is like 15 gigs to begin with? Are you crazy? Not to mention the 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 when you gotta load the game and the game takes up 15 gigs on its own. Fuck out of here. That's all I I'm saying. have a a recent real example for that. I mean. It, because it's an update, it doesn't take as much space as you think because it's it's overriding some things. Right. Hit the the Hitman game, which there is a, a new episode coming out in eighteen days. Yeah, September twenty seventh. Right. They the um, fifth episode comes out, which they, I have you know more information on that in a second. But when episode three, which was uh, Morocco, came out. I I um I was live streaming it and I thought that I had downloaded it because when I turned on my PS4 the an eight gigabyte download started eight Jesus. gigabytes this is for an episode this isn't even a full game this is just an episode so that is finished and I was like okay everybody we're gonna start the stream everybody comes on the stream and I can't play the game I'm like what happened. Right. I didn't actually download the episode. That was just the update to get the game ready for the episode. See what I'm saying? The actual episode was another 8 gigabyte download. Yeah, but you know, here's 500 gigs. Good luck. <laughs> Here, here's... So that's not even a full game. That's just one episode. And Hitman, when the disc comes out in January, at the end of January, is six episodes two bonus episodes and depending upon, you know, if you have the choice to get it on PS4, you get the most content, you know, a bunch of, of extra stuff. Right. Just one episode between the update to get it ready in the actual episode. That was about 17 gigs. Dude, this is, this is, this is where I'm at right now. And people are going to laugh because they're going to be like, he's out of his mind. Here's a thought. How about you just sell me the console for three hundred dollars, with no fucking hard drive in it, <laughs> and just let me pick the size I want. This is this is where we're at, dude. I'm being a hundred percent serious. Like you should get the console when you go up to the register. They'll be like, "Oh, what kind of storage do you want? Five hundred gigs is 
50 bucks, one terabyte is this. Here's the drive. Stick it in, and the system will format it, and you're done. I'm being serious. And I agree with you 100%. Because at that point, at that point you, that, here's a great example, and, and, and we'll use this to go into segue into what's left of the segment. You want people to play games with 4K graphics, right? 4K compatible shit, whether it's DLC or whatever the case may be. 4K, that shit's not 500 megs on a 500 gig drive. You know? Nice. And Val says, problem is two and a half HDs only come in a maximum of one terabyte. The console's trying to be so small they can't use three and a half drives like last gen, which is true. But here's no, that's, that's not true, Val, because I have a two terabyte hard drive in my PS4 right now. You got a two terabyte uh, SSD or, or two and a half? Two and a half. And what did it run you? $100. $100. Okay. So you got a two and a half drive. Um, you, you had a two terabyte drive, right? For a hundred bucks. Right. Okay. So think about that. You go, you buy it, you slap it in, you call it a day. Now you got a 500 gig paperweight sitting around, right? Exactly. At that rate, just sell me the shit empty. <laughs> I'll be, just be like, yo, here's, here's the console. Put a drive in and you're done. Pick a size. Have fun. Because if you want people to download all the free games for PlayStation Plus or all the free games for Xbox Live Gold, yes, you're not going to download every game, but there's also this magical word called free. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. But in any case, um, November 10th, 2016 for the Xbox, I mean, the uh, PlayStation PS4 Pro and... You can pick up the PlayStation Slim, the Diet Edition, uh, by the weekend, most likely, depending on your retailer. <laughs> right? Yeah, you no, know, you're right. I mean, I was sorry, I was responding to Val. No, I see it. You're I you see it. Pick up a Seagate dress. You know what's funny? I have I, I picked up some Seagates that I have in, in some of my servers, and. Th- it's like anything else, man. You gotta have you gotta have backups on top of backups on top of backups. If you're not backing your shit up, folks, it's gonna bite you in the ass. I can attest. But um, you know, with that said, you got the console race is evolving. And at the end of the day, you gotta ask yourself, do you wanna be bleeding edge with a pretty picture? Or do you just wanna play games? If you just wanna play games, stick with the shit you got. If you want people to walk in your house and you want to say, look at Nathan Drake's fucking beard. Look at it. Look. Then definitely get the newer console. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. One thing I just found hysterical was the fact that Tony yesterday had a conference where they were pushing the hell out of, look at how much better this looks on this updated PS4. Right. And they're streaming the shit on Twitch. Yep. I'm not trying to tout YouTube over Twitch or anything, but Twitch is notorious with, for, for me anyway, in my experience, with freezing and just not, you know, not putting out the, the, the stream at the best quality versus a slightly better experience that I, again, personally have had on YouTube. Right. 
Because I, I sat there watching the whole thing saying, these games don't look all that much better. And it goes back to what you said earlier. It's probably because I was watching this shit on Twitch. Probably. But that's what I mean. At the end of the day, the the short version is you want bleeding edge. You want to see, you know, every individual hair in Kratos's beard. You want to see, uh, you know, the, 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 the sweat on Lara Croft's cleavage in Tomb Raider, then by all means, tally forth. Go forth and grab yourself, uh, you know, a Scorpio or a PS4 Pro. But if you just want to play the shit and you just and you don't want it to look like an Atari 2600 game, just calibrate your shit. You'll be all right. <laughs> Simple as that. There you go. Last bit of news I wanted to put out there. The uh, the Pokemon Go Plus accessory is, of course, conveniently uh, hitting shelves on September 16th, uh, which Nintendo confirmed on Twitter. Oh, look, right around the time that Pokemon Go is coming out on Apple devices. How convenient. In any case, you know, this is, this is uh, Nintendo and Niantic's way of saying, hey, if you don't want to buy that $300 Apple Watch... This little $35 band would do you just fine. Insanity. It really is, dude. It really is. But aside from that, I think, um, you know, gaming as a whole is going to evolve. And we're going to the, the conversation we just had was civil compared to what I've seen on social media. And at the end of the day, like I said, as long as you enjoy what you're playing whether you're playing it on the newest cutting edge system or or you know the previous cutting edge system just enjoy the games themselves simple as that yes do you want to watch 4K blu-rays on your PlayStation 4 or PlayStation Pro sure is it the end all be all no and if you're at the stage where you're buying 4K blu-rays anyway buy a fucking player <laughs> like like that's it it's funny that you say, you know, just enjoy your stuff and play it. Because one of the things I, I wanted to mention that I started to go into earlier was the announcement earlier this week that episode five of the new Hitman title is hitting on September 27th. Right. And it's, it's titled Freedom Fighters, which is interesting because IO Interactive, the developer that makes Hitman, also made the classic PS2 game Freedom Fighters, which unfortunately we'll probably never see again because they made that game for EA. Ah. And they are on lock, stock, and barrel right now by Square Enix. Right. But um, the setting of the, the upcoming episode is a farm in Colorado, which is only a farm in Maine. It's actually a... Um, a training camp for a militia. Oh, look at that. So Ripped right out of the headlines. <laughs> look at look at that. Oh, look. You know what it feels like? A Law and Order episode. <laughs> well, for, for uh, the hardcore Hitman fans, it also feels like a very popular mission from Hitman Absolution where you had to infiltrate a similar compound. That's right. And um, this would be possibly the most difficult mission in the new game yet because there are four individual targets to take out. Oh, geez. The most, before that, the most have been three, which that was in Sapienza in Italy, but 
only two of those were actual people. The other one was a virus. So the four actual people you got to take care of in a militia where basically from the moment you start the game, you're on hostile territory. Of course. So that, you know, that will be something that will be interesting, especially for me. And you definitely will see all of that content on RageWorks.net as I play through it. But, I, um, it, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was saying it, it's funny that you mentioned you sit there and enjoy your, your, um, your game because as somebody who, you know, heavily plays Hitman, obviously I also go to the forums, which are, it seems mostly a European crowd. I, right. I don't find a lot of people from the, the States there. It's just that all they do is whine and cry and bitch about everything that's wrong with the game. And, I mean, I get it. I, when I started the last episode, it bugged me that Diana Burnwood sounded like Max Headroom because of the audio issues. And there was a moment where the game froze in a particular place whenever you would do a specific action. Right. But this is part of why... IO has the game episodic. They, they they fix these issues. Right. They may not fix them right away, which is why the the, the um, community does whine and cry and bitch. And they don't. They may not give you every single thing you ask for, which is they continuously moan and groan. So I'm like, for you to keep making these complaints and point out things in the newest things happening on the game, what does that mean? It means you're playing the game. Right. Well, here's... So for you to cry and say the shit is broken and unplayable, clearly you're still playing it. So unless the game actually is unplayable, which it's not, shut the fuck up and play it. Well, here's one thing that I'm going to add to kind of bring that full circle to. It's the fact that this was a big undertaking. This is a game, a, 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 a franchise that decided that they were going to become completely episodic, which, again, is a big gamble because it takes it takes some brass balls to say, hey, we're going to give you this game piecemeal. That could have blown up in their face, you know, and, and it's still it's still something that, that I'm watching unfold as you play the games and as you play the levels, and I say to myself, you know what? You can do a game. You can take one game and extend the lifespan of that game two, three, four years just by continuing to release episodes. It's no different than a choose-your-own-adventure, than serial, than watching an episode of The Walking Dead every week. At the end of the day, it's all about investment. And I think that in Square Enix's case, this was a big gamble. Like, think about it. You're playing essentially a new game every week, and you're getting, what, 12 hours of gameplay maybe out of it, give or take? Minimum. And I mean, I, I looked at it as this was really their experiment, even though it's different gaming houses working on it. This was Square Enix's experiment before the Final Fantasy VII remake comes out. Right. I personally still maintain that I don't think that Final Fantasy VII should be episodic. Right. And I'm not saying that I, even at this point, I'm not saying that. I agree with Hitman being episodic, but I will say this. 
you wouldn't have gotten half the shit in the game that is there to have right now if the game weren't episodic. Right. And that's what and that's what I'm saying, you know, to 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 close it out. It's the fact that sometimes we have to let the the ga- again, the gamble. The gamble has to play out. And either it's going to be a winner or it's not. It goes back to what we were talking about earlier with, you know, with the, with the iPhone 7 and no more and no headphone jack. You know, sometimes you'll roll the dice and you'll do stuff and it'll be great and sometimes you'll roll the dice and it'll be like fuck, this sucks. You know, it, it's it's no different than, you know, that 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 one app that you like using on your phone that you want everybody else to check out, but they it's just not something they'll check out. Or, you know, that one that one dating site that you like to go to to pick up chicks casually that you think everybody could benefit from that doesn't have, that's not in a steady relationship that people don't want to touch. No, it's no different. You know what I mean? Everybody, it's different strokes for different folks. And at the end of the day, as long as the content is being delivered and, and, and those risks, and this is the other thing, those risks are able to be quantified for future te- for future games or future technology, it's always something that will always be under the microscope because it will continuously be fine tuned. A hitman went episodic. Was it good? Was it bad? Was it successful? The jury's still out. But you going into a forum, people are playing the shit, right? Exactly. There you go. It seems that it has been successful because one, they've announced the you know the release date, the pricing, and the packaging for the complete season one Hitman disc. Right. Which, which I'm probably going to check looking out. Looking forward to that is it's uh, January 31st, 2017. Right. And while they haven't given any date or actual details yet, they're saying that they're planning on doing at least two more seasons of Hitman after season one wraps up. There you go. So I would expect, you know, the first episode of season two to probably be, I don't know, March 2017 since season one started March 2016. There you go. It's, uh, it's, we, we are living in an interesting time. And like I said, sometimes it's very easy for me to come on here and just skewer things and bash things. But sometimes I just want to walk in and just enjoy the ride. Like, don't get me wrong. I look at my Note 7. I worry if it's going to blow up. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Oh, well. <laughs> you know, it's like these are these are the early adopter woes that we have to deal with. I, um, I'll say this. You know, with the latest crop of announcements, both in gaming and tech, I tell you, and I say this in general to the audience listening and who will be listening to this, you know, in post, do yourselves a favor. Get the tech that makes you happy. Be educated on the tech you're using. And most of all, enjoy it. Don't buy the, the iPhone 7 if the only thing you do is take pictures of your cat, send text messages, and answer the phone. You don't need an $800 phone for that. I'm being honest. You know how many people ask me about shit that their phone does? And I'm like, your phone does that. Really? I didn't know it did that. I was going to buy the new one. Why? Educate yourselves on your shit. You spent all this money, you know, get the most juice out of the orange as, as you can. That's all I'm saying. Anything yeah, else you want to add? Forward, Samsung won't, I'm saying maybe going forward, Samsung won't make phones where the battery is sealed in permanently. 
I, they you wouldn't know, be having such a problem right now if they could just send people new freaking batteries. Here's the here's the problem with that. To not to not belabor that either. It's always a rat race. Wanted to get out first. Wanted to get out before the iPhone. Oh look, the iPhone doesn't have a removable battery, and it's thin, and it's futuristic looking, and it's pretty, and it's cool, and whatever. That's what people want. People want thin, long-lasting batteries, not heavy, etc., etc., etc. These are the concessions that have to be made. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but this is the climate we're in. It's no different than than the tastes of men that have evolved over the years. You know, you liked you liked women with with a little with a little meat on them. You liked women that were too skinny. You liked women that were taller. You liked women that were shorter. Same thing with women. You like guys that were super muscular or guys that had dad bods or guys that were hairy or guys with beards or guys without beards. You know what I mean? Like this is it's one of those things where the times are going to continue to dictate everything that we consume. You got to remember, it wasn't even, you know, five years ago, people didn't even want a phone that was as big as the phone that we're holding. You're right. You know, and that's what I mean. Like, like people want they want thinner, you know, thinner, better, faster, stronger. You know, like that's what it is. They want stronger glass, longer battery life, you know, more powerful camera. They want the phone that can fucking navigate them, turn on their turn on their lights, turn on their car, find their car. It's you, things are going to get fucked up along the way. And this is one of those situations where we want to get it out there. We want to get you a big battery. We want to get you a thin phone. Oh, wait, shit is fucked up. I commend them for owning up to it. They could have turned around and said, eh, it's 1%. Fuck them. Well, don't, not, not fuck those people whose car, like, caught on fire. But, you know, you get the gist of it. It's, it's, it's just an insane situation overall. It is, man, it is. But all we can do is just strap ourselves in and just be, um, be f- as forward-thinking as possible and understand that we're, as an early adopter, we got to deal with some bullshit. Because I guarantee you, the person that holds out that decides to pick up the phone in six months will probably be laughing at us. See, I don't got to worry about my shit blowing up. Uh-huh. Is it even still sold at that point? Eh, I think I think so that they're... Point, right, right now, nobody's actually selling the phone. Uh, including Samsung. Well, here's the thing. There is a one... There's, you know, my my carrier, and this is going off topic, but we'll wrap with this. My carrier, which is T-Mobile said when i paid my bill hey you got the note 7 you're welcome to come in turn it in for another phone until we get replacements and then you can get another note 7 after that cool no problem but then i said why can't i just hold on to my note 7 and just exchange it for the new ones when you guys get the replacements and they said you could do that at your own risk you know that's that's how it is <laughs> at your own risk good luck okay then but like I said, a lot of companies could have turned around and be like, ah, it's a handful. Fuck them. Because guess what? Apple had exploding phones, too. People forget that. Like I said, man, early adopter uh, headaches. That's all. Absolutely. Anything else you want to add, my friend? I, I just wanted your your um, your take on the whole No Man's Sky return fiasco. Here's the th- people were getting refunds on No Man's Sky after playing this shit for 70 hours. Here's here's the thing with this, man. Companies take risks, like I've said, and the risks blow up in their face. Do I think that it was right for people to take advantage after playing the game for 40 plus hours to ask for their money back? 
That depends. I'll tell you why. You buy a car. You buy a car. You drive it for a week. It's okay. You drive it for two weeks. It's okay. Drive it on the third week. Tranny goes. Fuck, what do I do? Lemon law. I can return the car. Or I have, you know, whatever the case may be. This is one of those situations where you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Because if the publisher says, well, you fuckers bought the game. Fuck you. Oh, you guys sold us this game. It's fucking bullshit. I didn't know I'd have to mine for asteroids for 12 hours before. Okay. It is what it is. But the problem is we are, and I, and I, and I say it all the time, we, we've become complainy, whiny motherfuckers. When we played games on the NES and on the Atari 2600 or Coleco, you didn't get a fucking ending. You got a thanks for playing and some credits. Or it just slipped back to the first level. Thank you. Fuck your sensibilities. Fuck that you're upset that you have to mine and go to different planets. Oh, no. Motherfucker, the planets are in HD. They look more realistic than my fucking living room. Get out of here. I just thought it was really kind of disgusting. You know, and, and honestly, overall, out of the people who bought No Man's Sky, it's a small percentage. But the people who had the gall to call and ask for a refund, and I don't even know if the, the companies were aware of how, you know, how much they had played or not, but if you've played the game for 70 hours, it's a little bit different from Eleven Law. Of course, but I'm if just you saying... you sat down in front of your fucking TV or your PC for 70-plus hours, I'm sorry. You not only played that game, something made you come back oh, no, repeatedly. I don't, I'm not disagreeing, but and I used... something is called enjoyment. No, I, I understand, but I use the Lemon Law analogy because, hey, it didn't work for me. I don't want it. Like I said, is it right? Is it wrong? It depends. But at the end of the day, like anything else, people are going to take advantage. And that's and that was what it like was. If, uh, any other developer would have said, hey, go fuck yourself. And that's the thing that gets me. People are like, oh, you know, it's like, listen, the developer essentially said, hey, our game isn't for you. We're willing to give you your money back. No questions asked. Why you know play? I just feel like, and I, I am being extreme right Call now. Call EA with that shit for Madden. Like, They'll hang up. Hey man, I didn't like this game. Fuck you. Why'd you buy it? <laughs> right? Absolutely. But like, like I said, I'm being extreme. But I just feel like if if there were any way to really track these people, I feel like because what they're really gonna do, those same people are gonna buy back the game when it's freaking ten dollars. They probably will. If there were any way to track them, I'd make sure that when they buy back the game, that even if this shit is $10 in store, that they got to pay full price. You know what it is, man? It's like, people are going to... You played the game for 70 hours. I agree. People are going to game the system, bro. That's just how... It's 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 the oldest trick in the book. It's like when, when T-Mobile did T-Mobile Tuesdays, and, you know, the first time the promotion started you can get a free pizza from Domino's. They didn't account for the fact that if everybody in your house had the T-Mobile Tuesdays app and a different line, they can all get free pizza. So guess what happened? A person who had a house with six people that were all on T-Mobile got six free pizzas from Domino's. Was that, but, but, but let's be honest. 
if you're in the house and it's one person and you got a pie, did you really need six pies? No. Maybe two. Okay. Hell, even a third. Did you need six? Did you need to prove to yourself that you can get six pies for free? But again, we're going to have this in, in everything and anything. There will always be one fucking person or a handful of people that will make everybody else look bad. This goes for everything. Gamers, races, genders, religions. It's a tale as old as time. Simple as that. Is it right? Is it wrong? I commend the developer for saying, hey, our game's not for you. We're willing to give you the money back. That's ballsy, dude. That's ballsy. I'm glad at least that at this point they, they are saying fuck you, though. Yeah, well, but but that's what I mean. Like, like you know, it's ballsy for, a, for somebody's vision to not be accepted by everyone and for them to willingly let that slide. That just goes to show you how crazy and how and how how much freedom we have as a pe- as as people where we can pay $60, play 70 hours of a game, say that it sucks even though we played it for 70 hours and still get money back. Crazy shit, it's brother. Pure there you go. Anything else you wanted to add, my friend? No, I'm good for tonight. Hi, right, brother. I appreciate the assist and the conversation, as always. All right, I'll talk to you later. Hi, right, brother. Peace. That was our very own Slick. Make sure to look for his work on RageWorks.net. Follow Slick on social media. And, of course, check out Slick's YouTube channel as well. With that bit of conversation, we are wrapping up the gaming segment. And we're going to sprint to the finish for the entertainment news of the week. Of course, I said we're going to keep it at 90 minutes. And I fucking lied (laughs) anyway let's get to it all right so we're gonna open things up with the box office totals as many of you know Labor Day weekend is usually either fairly eventful or fairly uneventful in the box office. It's obviously depending on the movies, uh, the weather, you know, people going back to school, etc. But um, the box office was interesting this weekend because Don't Breathe, which came out of the gate with some really positive responses and some really positive reviews, held on to the number one slot, bringing in an additional $15.7 million dollars to bring its grand total to $51.1 million. Suicide Squad held in at number two, bringing in an additional $10 million, bringing its total to 297.4. Pete's Dragon was number three. Kubo and the Two Strings was number four. Sausage Party was number five. Check out the review for that film on RageWorks.net. Uh, the Light Between the Oceans was number six. Bad Moms was number seven. War Dogs came in at number eight. Hell in High Water was number nine. And Mechanic Resurrection came in the number 10 slot. It's going to be very interesting to see how long Don't Breathe holds on in the box office. But again, it continues to reinforce what I've said before, that sometimes big budget doesn't doesn't necessarily mean big hit. And in the case of Don't Breathe, which didn't cost a lot to make, uh, you know, quality over quantity definitely won out this time around. But we'll see how long it holds on. 
Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything of note coming out this weekend. I know that I want to see um, what the hell comes out this month. There's something big that comes out this month. I'm trying to see. Slick, if you get a chance, can you just let me know uh, anything noteworthy that's coming out in theaters in September, please, if you get a chance? In any case, we got some what-the-fuck movie news for this week. It's been a while, and it involves a movie which I have not seen in quite some time because it's old and I really wasn't a big fan even though, excuse me, I loved one of the lead actors. That series is Shanghai Noon. As many of you know, Shanghai Noon starred Jackie Chan and Owen Wilson. Uh, The first film came out in 2000, made almost $100 million off a $55 million budget. The second installment was Shanghai Nights, which came out, um, I want to say three or four years after that. If I'm right, Uh, Slick, any idea on the release date for Shanghai Nights? In any case, there is going to be a third film in the Shanghai Noon franchise. And I say that in quotes. Uh, The film is supposed to be directed by Jared Hess, who did Napoleon Dynamite. And of course, Owen Wilson and Jackie Chan will be reprising their roles as Chan Wang and Roy O'Bannon again. The last, those films came out in the early 2000s, 2003 for Shanghai Nights, thank you Slick, so 2000 for Shanghai Noon, three years later we got Shanghai Nights, and now 13 years later, well, let me rephrase that, Thir- the 13 years later, the, a sequel is starting to move forward, not being released obviously, but starting to move forward. Again, big, huge Jackie Chan fan to the point where I've pretty much seen almost every one of his movies, including the real shitty one that he did with Claire Forlani with the, uh, I believe that one's the medallion where the villain was Julian Sands who played the warlock. One of, uh, one of my favorite underrated actors. That's the one. Thank you. Slick. Uh, the other film that I wanted to check out in September was the magnificent seven. Thank you very much. Um, really not sure why you're going to resurrect a, a franchise. That's last bit of success was in 2003, but the real big question is, are Jackie Chan and Owen Wilson enough to get people back into the box office? I always look at the Shanghai Noon and Shanghai Nights films as movies that are always fun when you're old. I'm serious. Like, if you're a young person, I don't know. Like, old people always end up enjoying those movies. Like, I remember, um, what the hell was it? The three, when I was younger... My mom used to like watching uh, The Three Amigos. And when I was a kid, I thought that movie was bullshit. Obviously, I got older and I saw it and I was like, wow, this movie's pretty funny. But when you're younger and you look at shit like that, you're like, ah. Same thing with City Slickers. Uh, Probably a movie that everybody swears is the shit that I cannot fucking stand. Can't stand it. Not because I, I, I genuinely hate Billy Crystal, even though I'm not a big fan I just, ugh, just, Billy Crystal was City Slickers, right? Yeah, I believe so. In any case, not sure why you want to resurrect uh, the Shanghai Noon franchise, but um, it's definitely going to happen. A couple of weeks back, I mentioned that the Crow reboot was moving forward with Jason Momoa in the lead, and as it turns out, it will actually begin filming in January. So once Jason Momoa puts away his trident, As Aquaman in Justice League, he will jump into the black and white face paint of the crow as Eric Draven. 
Now, of course, uh, this reboot is going to focus and be closer to the comic book, but it will borrow a lot of elements from the original 1994 classic with Brandon Lee. I, you know, I have no problem with Jason Momoa. I have no problem with them trying to reboot The Crow, but The Crow is one of those movies to me that it was lightning in a bottle. You had a great actor, you had a, a really crazy story, and I mean, you know, Brandon Lee's death definitely added to the to the mystique of that film. But The Crow is just like I said, it's just one of those movies that to try and replicate that is impossible. It's the same thing when I was talking about this with uh, Jimbo Slice a while back. We were talking about V for Vendetta. V for Vendetta is one of those movies that it's amazing. You had the right cast. You had the right the right actors. You had the right presentation, and it just worked. If you tried to do something like that, you know, now or even back way back when, it probably wouldn't have had the same effect that it had. You had to have the right actors, the right the right director. You know, with with a with a reboot of The Crow, it's the same thing. Jason Momoa is a good actor. He's not terrible. He's not amazing. He's good in the in the roles that I've seen him in. Is he, is he good enough to carry the film and you know embody so much of the pain and anguish that The Crow, you know, that The Crow had on screen originally? That's up for debate. I'm curious to see what direction they go in, and more importantly, I'm curious to see what. Jason Momoa will look like in costume because at the end of the day, you know, the crow's look is super iconic. You know, you're getting the black and white face paint, you know, kind of like what Sting did in WCW, but obviously not as cool as Brandon Lee's, but still cool. Nonetheless, in any case, once we get additional news, including a release date, et cetera, et cetera, I will share that with you guys. In some other DC news, we already know that, Batman was getting a solo film with Ben Affleck. Um, A lot of people were talking about villains and a lot of chatter came about when Ben Affleck released a video of Deathstroke and the story picked up steam, picked up steam. Were we going to see Deathstroke mix it up with the Justice League? Were we going to see him mix it up with Batman? Well, uh, Jeff Johns has confirmed that Joe Manganiello is going to play Deathstroke opposite Ben Affleck's Batman. For those of you who don't know, Deathstroke is considered one of the one of the deadliest men in the DC universe. Uh, was originally created by Marv Wolfman and George per- and George Perez. Appeared in I believe it was Teen Titans number two. I want to say I was a kid when Deathstroke came out. Um, but Deathstroke has mixed it up. You know, he's he's mixed it up with a with a litany of superheroes from Green Arrow, which many of you have seen on the CW, played by Manu Bennett, by Manu Bennett, um, to the Titans, to Batman. Deathstroke is a guy that when you want to show how much of a badass a villain can be, you call Deathstroke. One of the most iconic scenes for me as a comic fan in Deathstroke was when he pretty much defeated the entire Justice League. Uh, blew out the Flash's kneecap with a shotgun and ended up being injured because Green Arrow stabbed him in the eye with an arrow. And, um, you know, it's always one of those things where, you know, a lot of people I know always say that Deathstroke is Batman if Batman pulled the trigger and went full, full crazy. And it's up for debate, obviously. I think Deathstroke has become 
substantially more powerful over the years, but I've always felt that he was one of those characters that if done right, can do some major damage in the, uh, in the DC universe. And I'm curious to see, I mean, Joe Manganiello's an, uh, a solid actor, definitely physically can fit the bill. And I think, you know, he's, he's starting to get a little gray. So I think that, you know, he definitely can look like Slade Wilson. Um, if you guys are on social media, look up an artist by the name of Boss Logic. Uh, incredibly talented. I've shared some of his stuff on Facebook. Uh, he actually likes to do art pieces based on some of this casting. And he did a Joe Manganello as Deathstroke piece that was fucking amazing. And um, I think I think DC takes notice for stuff like that. But um, do yourselves a favor. Check that out because I think that that's kind of what we're going to see on screen, hopefully. And I say that with fingers crossed. I like Deathstroke. I like uh, the, the presentation of the character. He actually has a new series going on with DC Rebirth, which is pretty badass. Um, I'm not I'm not going to write it off or say that it's going to be a failure uh, you know, we all we know is that he's going to face off against Batman, which means that there's going to be a fuckload of violence on screen. Um, we'll see what happens, man. DC hasn't exactly been knocking it out of the park lately with their stuff, but I am, I am, I, I I'm somewhat optimistic with this casting. We'll see what happens. <clears throat> I will say this: that I don't know how I feel about the next bit of of movie news. And, um, I think it's because it ties into me being a wrestling fan and it also ties into an incredible tragedy that occurred, uh, surrounding this particular individual. And, um, it's the story of Chris Benoit. For those of you that are not wrestling fans, Chris Benoit was, um, a wrestler in WCW later on WWF, then now WWE uh, wrestled originally as the Pegasus Kid, uh, earned the name the Canadian Crippler by dropping Sabu on his head and Sabu breaking his neck. Uh, a lot of people always looked at him as the live, a, a real-world version of Wolverine from the X-Men. I mean, he was always called the Canadian Wolverine. He was short. He pretty much looked like Wolverine does in the, looked in the comics back then. But, um, you know, he he died and... The, the circumstances surrounding his death were just terrible. Uh, he killed his family, killed his wife and his son, and committed suicide. And what ended up happening was, you know, Chris Benoit, to me, much like what Slick said in the chat, considered one of the greatest technical wrestlers on the planet at the time. And that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's an accolade that, that's hard to, to sweep under the rug. Uh, after, you know, the allegations... Let me rephrase that. After the truth came out about his death and what happened with his family, Chris Benoit was essentially erased uh, from WWE completely. And I've always said on numerous episodes of My Take Radio that I've always been a fan of Chris Benoit's work ethic and his work as a wrestler. As a human being, uh, piece of shit. You know, you kill a child, you kill your wife. You know, if, if kill yourself, but don't kill them. You know, they were blameless. But in any case... Uh, a lot of people have said that, um, you know, the, the circumstances surrounding that were, you know, they were a result of Chris Benoit suffering from um, CTE, which many people have discussed. But in any case, uh, the Chris Benoit story is actually being brought to the silver screen. 
Uh, the film is going to be called Crossface, and it's actually moving forward, the rap reports. Uh, the film is going to be based on Ring of Hell, the story of Chris Benoit and the fall of the pro wrestling industry, which was a book written by Matthew Rondazzo. Um, it's crazy because the film is going to obviously chronicle Chris Benoit's journey from athlete to top-tier WWE superstar, but it's also going to allegedly provide some insight into the events that occurred outside of the ring, which led to obviously Benoit taking his own life after killing his wife and his son. Um, like I said, Chris Benoit was diagnosed with CTE after his death, which is a brain condition that occurs due to repeated head trauma. Uh, for those of you that want additional information on CTE and Chris Benoit, you know, Google is your friend. Don't know how I feel about this as a wrestling fan. I think that the story is, you know, it's powerful. It's a powerful story. It's a story of, of, you know, a guy who had it all and pretty much, you know, self-destruction and to the highest degree. Not sure, again, how I feel about it being turned into a film. I don't know how his family, you know, the remaining members of his family, his other son, are going to take that. Um, it's, it's touchy, man. It's touchy. There's a part of me that says, you know, it's a story that's, you know, it's, it definitely has the makings of, of a film. But I don't know if it necessarily needs to be made a film. Like, you know, Lifetime movie, shit like that, maybe, but I, I'm not, I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure that that's a movie that, that really needed to be on screen. That's all I'm saying. I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling mixed about it. Like I said, as a fan of, of Chris Benoit, the performer, I think he, you know, he had a lot of great contributions to the wrestling industry as a person with a family who, you know, has raised young children, I could never in a million years visualize, you know, uh, doing what he did. I don't know, man. It's 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 definitely touchy. I think it's going to be painful. It's going to bring back a lot of a lot of emotions. But it does look like the um, the film is is moving forward and we'll see what happens. No casting yet. Uh, no release date. But it looks like uh, the film is going to be made. So. Once I get some casting information and release date, etc., of course, I will share it with you guys. Uh, Val was saying that uh, I feel like his ex, like his wife's ex-husband, murdered everyone and made it look like a suicide. Because how did he kill his family on the Friday when he was at the pay-per-view on Sunday and then left? I mean, there's a lot of interesting questions, man. That's it's a situation we will never know. We really won't. And. Um, we can, we, you know, the truth may come out eventually, but as of right now, it looks like, you know, it looks like he killed his wife, killed his son, and killed himself. Unless something new comes to light, that's, uh, that's, that's what we're going to go with. But I, I'm definitely, you know, that, that theory is definitely interesting. And we'll see what happens now that this film is, is going to move forward. We'll see what other additional information comes to light. I will say that, with regards to that, I didn't mention it on the MMA and wrestling show. China's mom actually asked for police to reopen her case because she felt that her death had some mysterious circumstances. But I'll get into that during next week's MMA and wrestling show. In any case, um, that bit of news regarding the Chris Benoit story will be uh, the end of the entertainment segment for this week. Uh, with that, it is also going to wrap up the show. So... I've given you guys my take on gaming and entertainment. As always, I'd love to hear yours. Feel free to reach out via social media. You can hit us up on Twitter at MyTakeRadio, altogether one word. 
or at rage underscore works. If you're on Facebook, a couple of different ways you can do it. You can become a fan on Facebook if you haven't already. Facebook.com forward slash official RageWorks. You can also join the RageWorks group and chat with myself and the rest of the RageWorks and MTR team, as well as fellow listeners and readers and viewers as well. As for this episode, it will be available in 24 to 48 hours in podcast format, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. And video will be available on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash official RageWorks. All right, guys. Thank you guys for joining me for this MMA, not MMA, definitely not, for this gaming and entertainment edition of MTR. We will see you guys next week at 11.30 p.m. Eastern, 8.30 p.m. Pacific for MMA and wrestling. On behalf of myself and the rest of the team, thank you guys for watching. See you next week. Peace. I'm rich, bitch! Uh, uh. That's all, folks.